You're listening to the Sauropod. I'm Justin Zeppa. And I'm Datevos Bergman. And this is Reykjavik Tonight. What the hell is this? Earl, why is this happening? I don't know, but it's making me want to beat somebody up. Knock, knock. Isn't this great? Huh? I'm giving you guys a sample of the CD I made so I could exchange gifts without participating in the Christmas industrial complex. Why are you connected to my Sonos? Aren't you supposed to be leaving? Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a ride. Oh, no, no, my flight's not until later. Here, have a CD. This is track four. It's an Irish dystopian vision of Christmas in a drunk tank. You are also going to love Do They Know It's Christmas. Let me see that. Huh? Now. I'm going to make a real holiday playlist. <laughs> I'm talking about roasted chestnuts, angels singing little drummer boys, <laughs> all of that magnificent Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's game. This is a very important matchup. Team USA against Iceland in what could be a preview of the championship game. Driving around in convertibles, talking to all the sponsor fools. Or hanging with the Iceland lady. We saw you two Saturday night. Eating ice cream with the enemy, huh, coach? Are you kidding? I wanted to go to the party and put on funny hats and be obnoxious and talk too loud and get stoned. Uphold the American image of Ooh, now we're cooking with those blues, right? Yes, indeed. Um, cooking with gas. Go to Quildeth. Got cold. Gladly, yo. That's what y'all. That's what. That's what y'all say over here, isn't it? Yes, us people say gladly, yo. Gladly, yo. You know that was one of the first Icelandic phrases I ever learned coming over here. This will now be my. Did you come in the summertime? No, this will be my third Christmas here. Wow. And the first time it was a thing where people you know i was i was taught to say it and of course i was told phonetically so it just sounds like you're saying glelio glelio but there's another syllable in there that you guys well, there's a significant amount of syllables conveniently in. skip over so I'm just, uh, and and if we hear somebody say it without those unhearable sounds you're out we're just like nope i have <laughs> no idea what you're on about so I, but I was very, I was very impressed with myself. Impressed and feeling terribly Icelandic because I was, you know, I'm saying to everybody all the time throughout throughout my entire eight days here in December. And that is, and I was saying it wrong. <laughs> number one, number two, you don't say it all the time. Nope. You just say it on the day, and you yeah, maybe the day before, or maybe you, the weekend before. You get like you, you go downtown, you 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 buy your Christmas gifts way too late, and and uh, maybe get some glare all then. Is it is it because of it's a sacred saying, or is it because it's it's a uh, it's it's not so fashionable? It's sort of like a, look, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, that's the that's the well, idea. It's just a question of like whether you're a person that starts celebrating Christmas in October or not. Well, in the states, we get off on the holiday season. You know, with Christmas or uh, Hanukkah or whatever, whatever you study. So you're like edging to. the whole time, like uh, <laughs> yeah, actually it so is. So you just start and then you stop and then you just keep yourself at the edge until you manage to uh, then climax finally Ex- on the twenty fifth. No. Uh, when you put it that way, uh, this is the states, dude. We're just we're just blowing out whenever we feel <laughs> like it, right? We're just we're like giving you splam and splorfs all over the place. Dusky Thursday, Black Friday. We're saying Happy Holidays. We're saying Merry Christmas. What again? Whatever. Like, let's not get into that whole debate. But whatever you're saying, you're saying it full on, and you mean it. Yes, yes. And uh, so, why is it not Happy Christmas and Merry Holidays? That's uh, well. I think it's the. Uh, 
is it the alliteration? Is that the term I'm looking for? I don't know. Uh, happy holidays, right? That's what the yeah. Happy Christmas. It's that's a, it's that's a what consonance. the UK people say, right? Happy Christmas. Is that what they say? I think so. Happy Christmas. It's not merry for them over there. It's no, just. A, I don't think so. Oh, okay. It's just a good natured time. Hey, by the way, you're listening to Reykjavik tonight. I'm Justin Zappa. That's Detefoss Bergman. It doesn't matter. You don't know who we are. No, no. Right. I, if you've ever seen us, you probably wouldn't be listening to this. No, but you, you actually, you definitely have seen at least one of us if you're listening to this. That's very likely, though, yeah. Uh, maybe, perhaps you found us on social media. I don't think so. I've never, I've not seen a hide nor hair of any of you. And is there a way we can do, I'm sure anti-social media is a thing, right? That was actually an episode of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, was it? Okay, well shoot all right well, done I, it. I won't even chase it down then but <laughs> I, th- I feel like maybe we should just i think also it was in uh, arrested development the face block thing oh yeah that's true that's true and i have seen that one so i can endorse it go watch arrested development kids and uh, imagine all the jokes we would tell about those same subjects but there. we're not allowed to because they've already done it they're doing it better anyway yeah, so yeah, there yeah. you go i mean they have like a whole team of writers that's true they've got like ginger people doing stuff we have a team of writers too but they don't produce a whole lot no they're not very useful is what i've noticed they come in they kind of eat all the donuts they cash their checks i've fucking yeah. seen that and, and then we end up like here with no papers in front of us right. and, <laughs> and we're just sort of ad-libbing at the moment yeah we are and, and our intern program is just really not do, pulling its weight. No, well, I think part of the issue is is that we can't offer any college credit for mm. them working for us. And, and that's I think a bureaucratic that. nightmare that we are trying to rectify. But so much paperwork. It's just, it's ridiculous. You think you can set up... Uh, this pretty easily, but then again, it just uh, it just becomes a nightmare. Yeah, it does, and we are living through that nightmare and share, passing it on to you, you at home. Congratulations. Welcome. You live in the nightmare as well. Yeah, welcome to my nightmare, as Alice Cooper would say. Anyway, you're listening to the program. We're here, Ilrikivik, e bustling Gravavogi, and we are celebrating these holidays. It is now officially the Christmas week. Is it Christmas here or is it it's Yol? Yol. Yol. So Christmas in Iceland is a bit different. Like Christmas starts on the on at six o'clock on the twenty fourth, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. And then it obviously. ends uh then it ends on midnight, uh between uh January sixth and seventh. <laughs> Uh, so it's 13 days of, of, of Christmas for some reason. That's really the time period. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a whole thing. Uh, but nobody celebrates Christmas uh, for more than a couple of days. So we have like on the 24th, we have like at 6 o'clock, uh, there's like ringing of the bells and everybody says like, clearly y'all and hugs and stuff. And what, why does it start on the eve, on Christmas Eve? You will leave. You'll I think it's something to do with that in the olden times, the day started at, at 6 o'clock. Like there was a, there was a. a <laughs> you confu- just made that up. That's not <laughs> true. <laughs> I did actually not make that up. Uh, I promised at the start of uh, hmm, my tenure PM. here. Good morning. I promised at the, my tenure here that I wouldn't be lying about uh, Icelandic <laughs> culture, and thus far I have not lied uh, unless I've specifically mentioned it on the program. This is accurate. Your your crazy culture is is chock full of. True lies is what I like to call yeah. them. Yeah. But though, uh, I think it's actually got to do with that. So, like, 
the eve somehow like you, the day started at six o'clock in the evening or something like that well i guess it's pretty negligible because i guess for our uh, our american international friends who are not aware it is we are rapidly approaching pitch black for most of the day at this point being up in the arctic circle as we are indeed and we there you get sunlight for what like an hour at at the uh at, at the peak of the whatever you call it the uh the solstice yeah winter solstice winter winter solstice yeah so basically you are uh you're waiting for that hour or two of of dim twilighty daylight mm, just delightful yeah oh man you go out there you kind of sunbathe everybody everything mm-hmm. shuts down <laughs> you don't do any of those things no no, no you no. just you sort of uh ride it out right you just kind of endure is yep. what you do yep and so probably that was where the confusion came from. Before yeah. clock technology <laughs> made it over here, probably sometime in what the nineteen twenties or something like that. I think you're being very generous. Probably there. Came with the the, the Connie base, maybe. Yeah. Did, they, did we bring clocks to you? I think so. Yeah. Okay, with the I roads. So. Yeah. We we brought over a, a. You brought houses, roads, yep. clocks, uh, and uh, your seat, of course. <laughs> of course, as we know, the uh, Herman sons and yes, daughters. Very good. Yeah. But I think the reason we uh, celebrate Christmas on the eve there is because we like to open the presents, uh, not necessarily one day early, but when the children are really cranky and ungrateful. And this happens when they've been tortured the whole day by saying like, oh, no, you're not going to open any presents until the night. And they'll go like, (laughs) and you go like, no, no, no. And if you're not good, we're going to throw away all the presents. And then they go like, (laughs) 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 and and so it goes for uh, a number of hours during the day. And then if you're lucky, the children will uh, will shut up for a wee while while they take their bath. And then, of course, there's like no no media available from like five o'clock until, I don't know, 10. And you have to like, then uh, like the bells ring and you have to listen to the mass there's at six the, o'clock. There's a radio. There's mass utvarp. Yeah, there's a radio mass. Yeah. And then at seven, you try and have a dinner ready and then you eat your dinner and then you torture the children some more mm-hmm. by having them do the dishes uh-huh. and, and tell them there will be no presents until all the dishes are spot clean and they'll go like. Can I just say right now, every, everybody in the scenario you're presenting is behaving very poorly and <laughs> would not make it on the American Santa's list. They would be on the bad list. Mm. Okay, continue. Mm. Well, uh, and then finally, the children uh, get to open the presents, but they're really quite cranky by this time. Their bad behavior is rewarded with gifts. Yes. This yes. says a lot about your temperament. But like you, you just see in their eyes, there's no gratefulness. There's no... There's neither gracefulness nor gratefulness. It's just they, entitlement. They, there's just entitlement. <laughs> they just like, where's my next gift? Where's my next gift? Eh, give me more things. And then you see, like, they open their things, and and this might be the thing they wanted all year long. Yeah. But they're not registering it. They just want another present. They want the next thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This sounds. <laughs> this sounds dreadful. Actually, the way you presented it, it sounds uh, the opposite of festive. If anything. Oh, I mean, they're dressed up in, like, fancy clothes, and their mother makes them stand by the Christmas tree all still and take okay. pictures of them, and, and they put on their best fake smile, and their mother goes like, Tati Voss, stop having that fake smile on your face. 
And this is like a generic description of I would of like to see happening. those photos if they're out there, if they're mm, available. They are available. Uh, at uh, my mother at the sauropod.com. <laughs> she has your mom special. at the sauropod. Yeah, okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, so, so all this, what you're leading up to is the fact that you're opening presents the night before the day on the eve. This, this does not fly in the U.S. I mean, there's something not sociopathic about it, but there's something uh, anticlimactic about it. I mean, I guess at this point, it's, it's, uh, it's part of your, your social doctrine, right? It's, just, yeah, yeah, it's sort definitely. of encoded into you that like, oh, I get, it, I get it a day early. That's how we, you know, Iceland is how we do it, right? Yep. Yep. Well, the 25th is kind of the Christmas is already done by then because you like that's a day when you have to go and visit your uh, like family, maybe uncle. Oh, so you have your to uncle will have a, a Christmas party and you have to go to his party and meet like the extended family and people will compare notes on what they got for Christmas or I don't know if they're going to be sleeping together or not, if they can sleep together or not. I think I think. Christmas sex with the relatives is actually frowned upon. Wow. That's how very pious of you all. But the the main reason is that, and this might surprise our international audience, is that Christmas is not a drinking holiday in Iceland. Like, people people don't get drunk on Christmas. It's rather shocking because my information tells me that you guys love a good drink. Oh, we love getting drunk. There are very few days in which you are not fully drunk. Yep. So uh, Christmas is one of those days. So it's this is so it's actually kind of like a reversal in the states. It's uh you know we we hold this over the kids' heads throughout December, like well, be good or Santa Claus is not going to get you anything. But you guys do the sort of the opposite, and you get the kids something, and then say, remember when Santa Claus got you that thing? Mm-hmm. No booze is for you today. All right, I'm going to need yeah. you to tone it down for one day while we go to Uncle, uh, you know, Olafar's yep. to. Uh, for the uh, the very sober <laughs> God, wait. Okay, so we we have left out a key part of this uh, festival week. Mm-hmm. What happens on the twenty third of December? So, so you mean on Christmas Eve's Eve, the eve of the eve of Christmas? Right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, that's. Uh that's when you get drunk. Is that, so that's when... Uh, is it called anything? Or does it have a name? Thorlauksmessa. Sweet, fancy Moses. Okay. The mass of St. Thorlaukur. <laughs> okay, so th- we've got Thor's footlocker in the mix. What What are you doing on this day? So it's uh, it's the day when you, when you say to your friends, now we will go out and buy Christmas presents for our wives. <laughs> uh Again, you, one day before the time you would be actually giving those gifts. Yes. Yeah, so this is the eve of Christmas Eve, which is uh, one day before you will give uh, presents away. Mm, yeah, a lot of temporal Obviously. gray area there, but okay, I'll, I'll take I your mean, word for uh, it. I mean, you'll have to check the math on your you're, own. I'll, you're a I'll, native. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to you to as, as an exercise Okay. Uh, to check the math on that one. I will email it to you at yourmom at thesauropod.net. <laughs> and uh yeah so you take out your friends and uh possibly possibly go and find some uh, birthday no the other kind jesus birthday gifts okay <laughs> uh crim- crimbo gifts and uh and uh but mostly you get drunk and okay. that's that's the important part you should not buy christmas presents for your wives unless you're 
significantly inebriated. Okay, so that's that's step one. Then is you go get pissed, and then you go to Kringlan and and kind of wander around in a stupor. Yeah, sort of downtown or something. Like okay, that. okay, okay. But the the whole experience is sort of influenced by an odor. Like there's a Christmas odor that is sort of. Uh, Maybe uh, what's uh, what's the weed? The wood? Oh, the weed? Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> There's some burning of sandalwood. Yeah, it's like a nice, uh, pleasant smell. Okay, uh, that is associated with Christmas. Maybe uh, some specific food from your childhood. This Think of these smells. Think uh-huh. of them. yeah, yeah. Imagine. Wafting, wafting across a crisp uh, winter's evening, right? Just yeah. Imagine these smells. But on the eve of uh, Christmas Eve. The smells are of putrefied skate, and they are, uh, oof, how do we explain it? Like, repulsive is not a, it's not a very descriptive, it's enough. soft, it's too soft. It's too soft, it's, it's repugnant, it's, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's not for human consumption. It's unholy? It's unholy, yes. No. I think, uh, I think it's not Christmas-like at all. Can you, uh, very quickly, I know you are not a, an, uh, a David Attenborough-esque uh, animal stroker, but can you please tell us what skate is? So skate is the flat fish. It's the... Sure seems normal. Like, okay. What's it called? The... Looks kind of like a... Stingray Looks type? like a ray, yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah mm-hmm. one of those. Anyway, uh, that, is a, that is a fish that is not... You shouldn't eat that, ever. <laughs> uh, I think it's poisonous. <laughs> okay. And to get rid of the poison, it is... It is left in ammonia, possibly urine-related ammonia. It's uh, left in some sort of putrefying agent. I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's disgusting. Are you you burying it? Is this the one Uh, that gets buried? I think so, yes. I think it's buried and and kept there for a significant amount of time until its stench is is unbearable. Absolutely unbearable. Presumably this dates back to a time when, again, this being an island nation, folks, you got, there's not a lot of food going on. There's here. not a lot of fresh food, at least. There's a lot of, uh, boy, the, the menu uh, is, is short. Yeah. Let's say that. So, um, so people decided, I don't know, this is a pretty recent affair, I think. At least it's recent in being popular. Side note, real quick. The, the cod at this point, did the cod migrate south? Is that why we're eating skate and not... Delicious white fish? That's a great question. I have no idea. I'm going to check it. L- it's look fucking it up, folks. cold, dude. Twitter Jeremy, get on that for us. <laughs> blast us with some, some info. Yeah, man. All right. Um, so you people started doing this on the eve of the eve, and and they they cook the fish, and when it cooks, its odor is is emphasized. It, it magnifies. <laughs> It's not, it's, not so much, it's not so much wafting as it is it's, a seizure. It's like it's like that feeling when you when somebody when you're in like a you know a Dutch oven. Familiar, yes. Yeah, there's like the air becomes like heavy with the odor. It's it's like a Dutch oven that just doesn't stop. The atmosphere and, is like a heavy duvet that that. Yeah, that keeps it down at a face level. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and you like there's no escaping this. It's abusive. Yeah, and if you are you do like one of other? these poor, poor people that that work on Thorlaks Mesa, uh, and these tend to be uh, the the new people on the island, maybe foreigners that have not spent Christmas here, sure. uh, they'll work 
the the Thorlox Mesa shift, and they have to throw away their <laughs> clothes afterwards because the stink doesn't go away. Like your clothes are ruined. I I don't know if I've emphasized how disgusting the smell is. You're saying you're suggesting you're implying that there's an aroma associated with this dish that's being put together. So that's the smell of Christmas. Is the smell of grim death. Yes. It's uh I, I mean death I would welcome death. <laughs> oh, death would be smell. a sweet release <laughs> yes. compared to what <laughs> what you're what you're taking into your lungs. Uh I've heard stories where there have been complaints to authorities regarding neighbors creating this yeah, so, festive dish. So, like, you can't do this in, in, in houses where there's more than one family living, like in, in <laughs> apartment blocks. You cannot do this. So, what, what you do to circumvent this is you, you bring out your grill, your barbecue, uh-huh. in the middle of the winter, and you boil your skate on the barbecue because oh you God. can't do it indoors because the smell will not go away. People have even built their own little huts just for this purpose. Skate huts? Yeah, yeah. Because like it's 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 a drug. You get used to it, and then you fucking. Love Some people it. are really. This is the what's fascinating is. So I, I tried this a couple of years ago now, and was it repugnant? It, it was uh, again. It was it was an assault on all of my senses. <laughs> Somehow I don't know. It was like uh, if 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 you've ever felt like a a, a dish was able to put a roll of quarters into a sock and then beat you over the head with it. That's what this dish is doing to you. Yeah. I had, I made myself take five bites and swallow five bites. Isn't it like a, a, as as if, as if one to three is not going to be enough, you know, like a real, like, did you really try? It's like, yeah, I've really fucking, I had five bites of this and it just tastes like ammonia. You're just (laughs) eating ammonia. It's fascinating. And it, and Again, I wouldn't recommend just eating ammonia, I don't think, or drinking ammonia. I, I think that's not very healthy for you at all. No, I would. it's inadvisable, but this is what you are doing to yourselves on purpose. And then you, this was mixed with, uh, I think, some, some lamb fats and maybe yeah, yeah. some uh, kartoffel or you yeah. know, something like this. But you have to be drunk for this. Like, this isn't going to fly unless you're significantly drunk. I think I might have been too sober. Yeah, I think it was probably, so this is probably my issue. But I know it's very divisive, right? So do you have, uh, not everybody's on board with the, with the scotta, no. but I know some people love it. Some people have quite a taste for it. Yeah, they do. And so does this, has this uh, divided up families? Is this a, a Hatfields and McCoy type of situation? No, I find it, I find it relaxing when, whenever I'm in a situation where there's a whole family that wants to go for the skate Pickling and I themselves. don't have to be uh, involved as in it's in a different location. This is when I'll you go to the continent? just chill somewhere. Okay. You'll eat their, their regular food mm, if they're not going to no. bother with it? Oh. No. Oh, okay. Oh, you're, the smell is so pervasive. You're not going to be eating re- anything? No. Okay. No. I'll be in a different location. So it's sort of like a, a fasting situation then almost. Yeah, pre-Christmas fasting. You're taking away so you can give yourself a bunch of presents in the shape of non- uh, ammonia-based foods, yes. food stuffs. Wow, that is uh, that's the miracle of Yol. Yes, I think, that's right. Yol a miracle on on Thirty Fourth Street. Oh my god! We don't so, have a Thirty Fourth Street. There's only Twenty Seven streets, streets, and they're not uh, <laughs> they're not named by the numbers. No, we have like a very complicated system. They're all names and gatas and straitis, and some of them you're e, some of them you're out. It 
it's a disaster figure it out is what i will say yeah come up with a system yeah i'm gonna call together uh i'll think and and uh suggest that you guys figure it the fuck out because what you're doing because we we uh europeans we really love it when when americans come over here and just tell us how to do stuff. yeah 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 do you think i could run for office over here do you think think that would go over well i think that would go extremely well okay well let's give that a try next time uh let's start a party you guys have what like 90 100 parties something we like have that? many many parties we have so, the center the Sora we have party? the left uh the Sora party is is coming up it's an up-and-coming one it's not even a may or may not be it just definitely means a shit party right? oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's there's no just, doubt there. okay <laughs> we can't even we can't even nod to the greeks we got to keep it icelandic keep it legit okay and it is because it is the holiday season we will give you just a dose just one little spoonful of snooze this is the snooze sauropod news and now here's the latest from yesterday dateline this past holiday season npr reporting laurel wamsley in particular satanic sculpture That's a great name <laughs> wamsley. laurel wamsley yeah wow um, kudos she's on the uh what is it the wambulance that what's the uh what's it called wham wham attack whamageddon whamageddon laurel whamageddon Wamsley. let's hope i've not lost whamageddon yet actually we're tied right now still mm. satanic sculpture installed at illinois state house just in time for the holidays you got to be uh, multicultural here. <laughs> yeah, We're right. all about multiculturalism. Come one, come all, all right? It's the holiday season. It's yo. Yo. In the Illinois Capitol Rotunda this month, several traditions are being celebrated. There's a nativity scene for Christmas, a menorah for Hanukkah, and then something a little different. An arm holding an apple with a snake coiled around it. You can't have peace with a snake in the house. A that snake is will crawl up in your bed while you're sleeping and bite you in your crotch. Exactly, Ruby. You don't want to have your, your crotch bitten. No. You really don't. It's a gift from the Chicago branch of the Satanic Temple called Snaketivity. <laughs> <laughs> the work also has a sign that reads, Knowledge is the greatest gift. Now, this is, uh, you know about the Church of Satan? You, I'm sure you're, of course. you dabble in the dark arts, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They ca- kind of a bitch and credo working. It's yeah, just about yeah, yeah. Uh, inform yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. And possibly love the Dark Lord. Uh, love the Dark Lord and love one another, preferably while wearing robes and hoods. Mm hmm. Is like, is there, uh, could we be wearing like white robes and hoods for, for dark arts? I believe as the dark art uh, um, sampler says, to thine own self be true. Mm, so, you know, so we could. Do as thou wilt is another one. Yes. Do you think we'd be like sort of uh, looked at uh, poorly by the other? Looked askance? The, yeah. No, I think they'd be like, these guys are button pushers mm. and I likes it. All right. Yeah. So, uh, watch out for us wearing white robes. Yeah, we'll be there, and we'll be square. As Huey Lewis would say, it's hip to be square. So, it's, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Nearby stands a sign in which the state offers a civics lesson and explains it didn't have much of a choice. <laughs> the best civics lessons tend to be the most reluctant ones. That's what I've always found. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The state of Illinois is required by the First Amendment of the United States Constitution to allow temporary public displays in the state capitol so long as these displays are not paid for by taxpayer dollars. Oh, wow. 
Because the first floor of the Capitol Rotunda is a public space, state officials cannot legally censor the content of speech or displays. The United States Supreme Court has held that public officials may legally impose reasonable time, place, and manner restrictions regarding displays and speeches, but no regulation can be based on the content of the speech. God, that gets me off to just say it, you know? So, so freedom. Freedom. Liberty. Absolutely. It's, oh. it's what we're all about. Mm. This is it. It's the fucking American way. Oh, this is amazing. Pay just homage. feel all uh, patriotic. To the devil, right? To a country that's not even mine. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. No, it's, mm, it's inspiring. Illinois Go second. Rotunda. <laughs> so, so let's uh, dissect this a bit. Yeah, please. Uh, uh, if I were uh, a member of your lovely country, mm-hmm. your freedom country. Yeah, yeah. Feel uh, free to come on over, whatever you mm, see. Yeah. Then I could actually put up like any display I want. I could just make anything I want with any statement I want Listen. and put this up in, in a random city hall? If this is the flag, the freak flag that you're flying, then you can. I mean, they can restrict it as far as how long you can keep it out there. Okay. But if this is what, if, th- if this is the code of honor that you adhere to, then I guess yes. Okay. So I could, like, there was an, an Icelandic art piece a couple of years ago where there was a man encased in a plexiglass box go on uh he stayed there for one week i would say this is oh david blaine no no oh okay uh this was a reasonable like one week is a reasonable time to have such a display right was the man alive was yeah yeah, he was alive okay david blaine no oh okay but uh, i'm saying like this is a reasonable time so that would be uh, they're not going to stop me because of this yeah Uh, he was naked of course yeah yeah and and did all his uh Humanly needs, uh, such course. as excreting excrement and pissing and wanking off and all these things. Okay. So you think this would be uh, okay t- Listen, in if Rotunda? The, if, that, if that's the idol that you find true mm-hmm. and you want to, again, pay tribute to... Uh, Nakedness and wanking off? I mean, I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, knowing what I know of you, that, is, that does ring true. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. The Satanic Temple itself uh, calls itself a non-theistic organization in its application to in its application to install the display. In a GoFundMe campaign, of course, GoFundMe is involved. It got roped mm. into this. That's my favorite uh, subreddit. Well, one of them. It's uh, Don't Fund Me. Oh, don't fund me. <laughs> it's like a dare. Yeah, it's, it's usually <laughs> pictures of people trying to uh, like scam money out of people for concert tickets. Should we be on don't fund me? Yeah, definitely. I bet you we would possibly may or may not rake it in. Mm. In a GoFundMe campaign to raise uh, $1,500 for the display, the group explains its mission Quote, the Satanic Temple, Chicago, will no longer allow one religious perspective to dominate the discourse in the Illinois State Capitol Rotunda during the holiday season. Please consider what you may do to help us bring Satan to Springfield, exclamation point, unquote. (laughs) I like the style. Yeah. The group has installed similar displays in other states in recent years. A more snake-prominent version of the display has been a part of the holiday scene on the lawn of the Michigan Capitol. Oh. I have heard of this. What is that one? Is that Lansing? Uh, Lansing, Michigan. Absolutely right. Oh, nice. Home of uh, local uh, Lansing legend Aaron Bales. Ooh. And your Facebook stalker. So, so the circle is closed in on you, Aaron. Uh Uh-huh. He knows it, too. And he... uh, 
you he know, loves it. You know that that sweet, tempting apple of knowledge. Yeah. He, if anybody's going to bite into it, it's Aaron Bales. All right. Outside the Arkansas State Capitol in August, the temple presented a statue of a goat-headed creature named Baphomet, flanked by two children looking up at him to protest a display of the Ten Commandments. That that only seems fair. Yeah, I mean. Uh Ten Commandments seems uh, an unreasonable amount of command. That's several commandments, right? Yeah, I would they say... They should consider slimming it down. Yeah, I think they could have... I think they could have done a... Like, they could have done it with an editor. Yeah, like, you think so? <laughs> yeah. Long-winded Moses? Yeah. Yeah. Despite its name, many of the Satanic Temple's activities demonstrate a particular concern for fighting, or at least revealing, the influence of religion and public life. And Satanic sculptures have so far been an effective legal strategy for making its case. I'm inclined to agree. Me too. And I think that some of these statues are what we would call in the States, kind of bitching. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got goat heads, you've got uh, pentagrams, you've got all kinds of button-pushy stuff. Yeah, exactly. I love it. On its website, the Satanic Temple explains that its mission is to encourage benevolence and empathy among all people, reject tyrannical authority, advocate practical common sense and justice, and be directed by the human conscience to undertake noble pursuits guided by the individual will. Baphomet bless us, everyone. In the spectrum of human emotions, we find great heights and bottomed out lows. For every explosion of ecstasy one is overtaken by upon summiting the tallest peaks of joy, we can just as easily find ourselves prey to the careless shoulder shrugs of lukewarm insouciance. Rage courses through our veins as that bastard cuts us off from the slow lane, just as adoration floods our loins when our special someone enters the room. Yes, the gamut of human emotions to be emoted is vast and deep, ever mercurial and ever present. It's a far more complex ecosystem of feelings felt than the simple two-tray sorting of happy and sad. Which is exactly why this program is brought to you by... Sorrow. Yes, sorrow. That murkiest, most oppressive of mental states. Like a soaked woolen blanket, it descends upon you, cooling your jets and smothering your brain with its all-inclusive misery. Why settle for bare-boned woe when you could be drowning in a never-ending river of bleak, probably gelatinous sorrow? It's a prism of unhappiness that can take the light of your life and split it into a multitude of fragile hues that can waste not only your time, but also your spirit. Indulge yourself in colors of agony, melancholy, or a hint of suffering. Saturate yourself in tints of distress or unrelenting heartbreak. All of those who's to be booed can be found in the crooks and nannies of this super deluxe sensation. Regret? Sorrow! Grief? Sorrow! Unexpected olives? Sorrow! You and your loved ones can all share in the sensation of having your souls ripped from your chests and shredded into useless fragments for easy storage and a pain that lingers like the most careless of root canals. This holiday season, why compromise with a box of mild angst when you can plumb the depths of the void that is this existence with a fresh batch of sorrow? Tis the season to be soggy, with tears, that is. So uncork those lacrimal ducks and get the old journal out for some impassioned musings about the darkness that surrounds you, like a boa constrictor of bad vibes, crushing your heart in a scaly vice until it beats its last. Happy holidays, and please know that we are so sorry for that one thing we are possibly responsible for. God damn, would that we could take it back and make things right again so you knew how we really felt before you died. Sorrow. The sad snake that chokes the life out of you when you're wrapped in a damp duvet. 
Brought to you by the drove of dead-eyed downers dripping tears and moaning louder. And we are back. Wow, I really... I'm keep getting impressed by uh, by these uh, advertisers. I see you online right now. I yeah. see are you uh are you typing in your quantity? Indeed. Getting I'm, several? I'm getting several. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm just I'm just amazed that uh, that like the production quality and and the salary that I'm getting is is only being supported by by this ad. Well, you can only <laughs> by this vendor of of uh, excellent uh, verse. Well, see what's happening is we've outsourced the production of that item and we're passing the savings on to you. You are uh, the result of those savings. That's why that check looks the way that it does when it when it comes into you and that's the way that's why it cashes the way it does. That's delightful. Well. Yeah. So, dear listeners, uh go and uh, purchase the aforementioned object mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. because not only is it an amazing object, but also it is sauropod approved. Absolutely. It's got our stamp on it. We had to pay extra for the stamp. So we definitely need you to buy one for you and then one for a friend too. And hey, it's the holiday season, right? Exactly. You know, stocking stuffers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that was, somehow forced it into a stocking. <laughs> Please. I, I, I hope its size uh, matches the size of the stockings in question. If not... Go get one of the sauropod approved larger stockings. Those are also available on the website. You know the address. I don't even need to give it out. It's uh, sauropod.com. It is sauropod. uh, The sauropod.com. Don't go to (laughs) sauropod.com. Those motherfuckers. They're going to rip you off. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Fuck those guys. (laughs) Fuck sauropod. You want to talk about shit, friend. Mm. Sauropod.com. All shit all the time. Yeah, exactly. The sauropod. Nothing but quality. Possibly shit. It may or may not mean shit. Possibly means lizard. We leave it up to you, okay? Yeah, yeah. Listen, so we were talking about uh, how you are a raging success in the U.S. I'm, I'm hearing from all sorts of people talking about how wonderful you are. I'm sure they enjoy the uh, binaural sound effects there of you sipping your tea. Yes. And so what's happened is, is I'm getting uh, large canvas bags from Postarin delivered to me and they're coming into the house and they're dumping huge bags of letters, actual handwritten letters about you onto this very table, a la Miracle on 34th Street. Have you ever heard of Miracle on 34th Street? I have heard of it, yes. Do you know what it is? It's uh, a Tim Burton film, isn't it? It's not. Nope. It's nope. Uh, Actually, you know what? I would like to see the Tim Burton <laughs> lens uh, applied to to Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. So, is it uh, is it something to do with the stock market? Is it like it's a no- <laughs> film about the the crash, or is no. Wall Street on a separate? Uh, that is a separate street, isn't it? It's a different street. It's a, it's a different area in the city altogether. Thirty oh, Fourth uh, Street. You're going to find sexy hangouts like Penn Station. Oh, I've actually been there. Have you? I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> it was very, not very exciting. No, it's uh, it's it's a moist underground mm. tiled situation over yes, there. Yes, I think they've got a, a a post office on 34th <laughs> Street as well. So they send the mail from there to here, mm-hmm. and and then we uh, have references to this film. Yeah, well, it's in keeping with the the holiday flavor of the of, of this time period. And again, if you're listening to this next year, it's currently. Uh, Yule or Yule or uh, however it's it's a holiday kind of season it's December and so this is a holiday movie that I, rem- I recall seeing as a kid I was thinking about it the other day and it's about Santa Claus does this ring any bells yet does this Santa ring any sleigh bells Claus? for you Santa Claus 
Yes. It's about... I uh, just remember Sandy Claus now because we've been talking about uh, Tim Burton. Oh, that's right. And again, Tim Burton, if you want to take Miracle on 34th Street and give it your own spin, your own ghoulish spin, let's see it happen. Maybe Santa could be a cadaver, right? Ooh, a walking cadaver, a friendly walking cadaver. Yeah. So is this like a, a film about how Christmas is supposed to be this festival of light for children and happiness, but it isn't and everybody gets murdered? It's it's not a Nordic film? Again, you may have actually written a better film right now than Miracle on 34th Street. It's uh, it's not a bad film. There are There's a Santa Claus involved. Mm-hmm. So there's like a a fat man who is stalking children. That's, no, no, no. Nope. I'm not getting anywhere close to this. No, I? I think I, I mean, think you're gonna have to explain it. You know, if anything, the children are stalking the fat man in this scenario. Oh, so it's a case of the fat man is lonely and and the children are scared of him, but because they're scared of him, they sort of gang up on him. And you're, you're and thinking of Jake and the Fat Man, which was a popular uh, uh, television policeman series in the early 1980s, possibly. No, this is a, uh, it's a, so it's a film from 1947 and I don't know how you feel about old timey movies, but I love them. Primary reason being it's a, is it, it a talkie? It's a talkie. It's black and white though. It has, it has been colorized, but, uh, it's, it, it was originally was it black colorized by George Lucas. It was, it was, uh, by Ted Turner actually. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um, for I really don't like any film that hasn't been touched by George Lucas in some fashion you with his greasy uh, sausage fingers. You're looking for the 1997 special edition of Miracle on 34th Street where he put a bunch of dobacks in the background. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the banthas when the when and the Santa Claus shot first. Santa Claus shot first. His sleigh was pulled by eight shiny banthas, right? Yep. Yeah. That is the one. So but the the best part about watching old movies is it's as close as we will probably get to time travel as far as what life was like. If you're watching a movie that was contemporary, obviously, if you're watching like the old uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame or something like that to throw it back to Quasimodo, it's like the 1930s version of 1800s France or whatever, <laughs> whatever the fuck that that story was set. Uh, so it's not quite the same thing. But if you're so this is uh, set in 1947, presumably around that time. Mm -hmm. And the other great thing about it is all those people are dead. You're just watching dead people in old movies. They're just walking around being all dead. Yeah. Well, now, nowadays they are. But at the time, I mean, it's it's weird to watch like if you watch like The Wizard of Oz or something like that. There's Mm -hmm. this thing that creeps into the back of my mind anyway, where it's like. Man, this is what people were into in 1938. Like, this is right before fucking World War II, and we're talking about this bullshit while uh, while Hitler's uh, seizing power in Europe and uh, you know Anschlussing and all this shit. This is what we're we're talking about: Dorothy and uh, building huge Emerald City sets and things like this. Anyway, so all those people are dead, and it's just weird to get a glimpse at what people were into at the time. The same way it'll be weird for people in a hundred years to go back and watch fucking. 10 things I hate about you. It'll be like, yeah, this is what people were into I back mean, then. To be honest, it's still pretty weird watching it's, it's what weird people now. were into in the 90s. Yeah. It, 90s films, we thought they were like way better than old cinema in the 90s, but wow, it's did really we, quite did we shit. think that? Oh, yeah. Modern cinema is way better. <laughs> well, like in the 90s, modern cinema was way better than fucking 70s cinema. 
Uh, then then you come to the 2000s, 2010s, and mm-hmm. you go like, ooh, 90s cinema. Wow, damn it. that was bad. That was bad. That was a terrible time in cinema. Now, see, I... I uh, it was like the birth of CGI. So you had like really shit CGI and really shit storytelling at the same time. That's true. And then the outfits, of course. Although I think we've all been in the same position where you, you're at the video store. Of course, that was a time when there were video stores, right? You're at there the, actually is one here. Is there one? Yes. But it's not Adal a... Video <laughs> it's a gazoo tight. Uh, <laughs> what kind of... I mean, it's, it's a porn shop, right? They're just selling dirty no, movies there? I, no, I don't think so. I think... I, I've never been in there, actually. Okay, well, if you ever dare to venture in there, here's what I need you to look for, because this was a, a staple at United States video stores when such a thing existed. You, you're you going to look for saloon doors. Saloon doors? Do you know what a saloon is? Uh, yes. Okay, so... And you, you can you... Like I know what the what? doors are. Okay. You're talking about the swingy doors. The swingy doors, right. So the swingy doors, all video stores had the swingy doors, and that was the portal into the porn uh, room, basically. Ah, yes, yes. For whatever reason, it was determined that saloon doors from, <laughs> from 1885 are the best fucking protection for our children from <laughs> smut, you know, when... Because they can't get under those. But did you know that the last uh, blockbuster in America just uh, shut their doors I recently? Saw that. I saw them in the John they, Oliver. They used to <laughs> used to buy their their video cassettes from Costco or something. And did they really? Yeah, yeah. Well, not Costco. Well, some store, oh. and then uh, it was highly illegal, all of it. But somehow <laughs> it was allowed. But then again, it was in Alaska. So Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, right? Set in Alaska. No, that's not true. It's set in New York City in 1947, post-World War II. So is right? this when all the, like when New York City used to be really quite dangerous and there was like prostitutes all no, over the place and the drugs? No, that's the 70s. That's uh, Sid and Nancy era. Ah. That's uh, Carter, you know, Carter says drop dead. No, Ford says drop dead, that kind of thing. We're, we're bankrupt and we've got a bunch of, uh, we've taken the saloon doors off the city <laughs> and the porn's just out there, right? Ah. It's the Times Square. Lovely. Saloon door free since 1972. So this is, uh, no, this is more of a golden era. This is what the United States would call a high point. We've we've conquered the Nazis. So this is what we're trying to get when we're making America great again. Nope, nope. That's that's today, actually. And that's a that's a drastic mistake. So, <laughs> so, no, but like today oh, okay. we want so to... We're aspiring we want, to that. Yes. Well, no, because it, it turns out it wasn't as great as, as we ah. like to think. It's true. It's true. And uh, oddly enough, or maybe not oddly enough, maybe this is the one of the causes, uh, a lot of those issues are not addressed in Miracle on 34th Street. And it's just the story of, a, of an old man who shows up and says he's Santa Claus, a little girl played by a young Natalie Wood, rest in peace. Uh, Do we need to say that about everyone who's died? Um, I think her especially, just because the story is so outrageous, right? Mm. Christopher Walken killed her on a boat. Oh, for that's right. what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a murderer? Yeah. Like an actual murderer? Uh, I don't know. He was, he was around, I think. He was, he was there. He was involved. He was he was there. Is what I involved. It's all I. I mean, he's there. I mean, if you're if you're in proximity, close proximity, you're if, involved. If you want to walk it over there, that's fine. It's a close. It's a short walk, is what I would say. Aye, aye. So anyway, young Natalie Wood, fresh face, little girl actress. She's she's great. She's the best part of the movie. She's actually a very uh, charismatic presence in the movie, and she thinks that this guy is Santa Claus. She falls for it, hook, line, and sinker. Uh, right? She's a sucker. Somehow, 
And so I just watched this movie again, and I'm trying. So how young is she? Am I allowed to make uh, <laughs> innuendo jokes here? No, I don't think so. All right. Uh, I think Maureen O'Hara is her mom, and she's pretty. She's pretty smoking. She cooks in that movie. All right. So you can talk about her. It's a. Uh, I, I'm trying to piece together the plot of this movie in my mind right now. I just watched it. I'm still having a hard time figuring out what it's about. This guy says he's Santa Claus. Some people believe it. Some people do not. And it the, goes to court. The thing about like Christmas and, and all of that stuff, all Christmas media is that it doesn't have to have a coherent story or a, or a be coherent or be, have a story in any sense. You can just like, like the most popular Christmas songs are all like... Like, yeah, Christmas, it's Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an acknowledgement. It's Christmas. The, Christmas. The jingle bells are jingling. Yeah. Right. And all I want. Yola, 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 yola. And oh, so boy. it goes. Is there a, should we put a copyright uh, watch out on for that? Uh, or is that uh, this will be out on uh, <laughs> on the Datifos label. <laughs> and her Christmas classics. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Santa Claus goes to court in this movie. And there's an argument about whether or not he is Santa Claus. Is this for some reason taken to court, a district so, court in the United States of America? I don't know why. I mean, it's a it's a different time. It's a time when the courts just weren't quite as busy. They were <laughs> there were less people, and uh, and uh, they just weren't quite as uh, informed about. Like, there's advertisements all over the place now uh, in the states where where it's uh, just says like, "Hey, I'm a lawyer. I will take you take people to court for anything." And this just yeah. these sort of ads they weren't weren't available back in the day, so people weren't aware of how much they could actually go to court. So they were going to court for just random things like, "I ran out of milk. I, should I go to court for this?" Do, am I am I allowed to go to court for this? Yeah, they, yeah. they didn't know, but now, now my people know. My icebox for uh, running out of milk, for not having enough milk, that kind of thing. So, so it kind of makes sense so to me that that the courts were less busy back in that because day. the legal system is still in its nascent stages at this point. Those many decades ago, right? Yes. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Put in a in so a pr- Christmas related uh, <laughs> legal action was was uh, commonplace. Commonplace. Yeah, sure. This is very common in Europe, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it still is actually. We don't have these sort of uh, legal issues as as you often do, like you're, you're suing your coffee cup over over spilled coffee on your lap. Are you taking Sinterklaas to the the Hague though? Or is that ever <laughs> happening? Are you, is he getting wheeled in there? I, I think we we should actually bring Sinterklaas <laughs> in there, yeah. Yeah, there's some dubious activity over in the Sinterklaas camp. We'll not get into it here, though. You look it up. Google it, folks. Sinterklaas, Schwarte Pet. Oh, my God. What are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, in this case, though, as far as the legal system goes, in 1947, we've conquered evil. We've got the uh, we've got the neutron bomb. Maybe we don't have the hydrogen bomb at that point. We've got bombs. They don't have bombs, right? Mm-hmm. We're feeling pretty good. We're going to take Santa Claus to fucking court over it. <laughs> That's how good we're feeling. Like so. So who's going to court? So is Santa Claus being indicted for for something, or is Santa Claus trying to clear his name by going to court against the? Little girl whom I'm not allowed to make any new You're not allowed to objectify about. her yet. She's not old enough. When we get to the West Side Story episode of Ricky Vic tonight, you can definitely objectify her there. Excellent. Uh, I know you look forward to that. And again, you know, 
Christopher Walken was there. That's all I'm going to say about <laughs> it, okay? He was around. He's around. Yeah, yeah. So, not necessarily involved, but around. He was around. If you if you want to say involved, it's just, it's just a couple steps. It's a short yeah, walk. Yeah, you can yeah. take it yourself. Okay? I think I, I think in the hands. final in the final statements of a court case <laughs> One side would say he was around. One side would say involved. If, I think if you're looking the jury dead in the eye, I think you can get away with that. Yeah. I think they can read between the lines there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys know you uh, 12 of my peers. You know me. I know you. I'm just saying that he was on that boat. She died on that boat. Wink, wink. I mean, if you want to go there, we can go there. I'll leave it up to you. I'm you're, not saying he was involved. You're the jury. You but know? he was there. Hey, I'm just making arguments here. Anyway, uh, so, uh, but the reason he's in court, real fuzzy to say. Uh, I think there's something about he replaces a drunk Santa Claus in the Thanksgiving Day parade. This is uh, crazy so America. Giving Day's parade have Santa Clauses? Yeah, it's a, it's a big. Uh, so you, you've heard of Macy's, I'm sure, a large department store. Yes, I've bought a bow tie in there. Have you? I have. I bet you look rather dapper in that. Do you still have that bow tie? I do indeed. Let's sell it on eBay, huh? Yes, it's already up on eBay and uh, at a moderate uh, lowest bid of uh, 300 smeckles. Yeah, get it for your uh, child or local ventriloquist dummy if you want. And uh, give give them a, a very happy holiday. In fact, support your local ventriloquist dummy uh, every Christmas. Uh, Literally support them by putting your hand <laughs> up their back. Yeah, they, they really need your support. Move they, their mouth. They can't really eat or say or do anything. They can't even express their wishes without your support. So, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. really, really go to town. Support them. Yeah, and uh, try to ignore the fact that they are wooden nightmares uh, <laughs> manifest you know like it's just their vent figures are horrifying <laughs> who thought this was a good they're idea they're like they're like clowns but worse but worse but made of wood yes <laughs> right anyway uh so santa claus goes to goes to court and uh, it's just a matter of belief i guess so there's a i think there's a subtle religious stre- a stream that flows under this street that we're paving with uh santa in court scenes Something to do with belief, right? You got to believe. Yeah, yeah. Where's the proof? Hey, you just got to believe, right? Faith. So we're, we're going into court about uh, belief uh, issues there. That's yeah, and it comes down to the judge just deciding whether or not he believes that this old man, who willingly admits to coming from an old folks house out on Long Island, and like his caretakers out there are like, yeah, he thinks he's Santa Claus. They're brought into this whole situation okay, as okay. well. So his story checks out. It's consistent. I mean, I guess so. I mean, he... I mean, there's multiple witnesses that say he says he's Santa Claus. Yeah, but how many Why people Why would he be lying? There? Like, he, it's a more innocent time back then. <laughs> you, the people didn't lie there. You don't think people Ricky Gervais s- invented lying. So. Oh, that's true. According to the not-so-popular film. Which is actually not that bad. It's not too bad, actually. It's better than Ghost Town. Yes. So, all of this concludes with, hey, the only reason this guy is decided to be Santa Claus is because... Some guy who works in the post office, we all of a sudden, we've been doing this like back and forth court drama, right? With Santa on the stand for inexplicable reasons. <laughs> we cut to the United States post office, possibly the one on 34th Street we just referenced. Uh-huh. That would really tie things together neatly. And a guy gets a letter addressed to Santa Claus as kids are wont to do. Kids are fucking stupid, right? They don't know that Santa's not real. So they write letters what, to Santa's him. Santa's not real? Um, what? Are you no. fucking up people's no. thing? Uh, no. Actually, that that didn't happen. That uh, listen, Santa. It's it's about belief. Folks. I mean, the it's, point about Santa is that like, which is more likely that like Santa is real or that every single parent 
on the fucking planet mm -hmm. is lying to their children. It's a tough call. But uh, kids are dumb. Adults lie all the time. I don't know. Let's take it to court. Yeah, let's take it to court. All right. Santa court. So they, they're getting all these letters addressed to Santa, North Pole, all that stuff. Nobody knows the zip code. It's a, <laughs> it's a serious issue. And he's, he, he nudges his buddy working next to him. He's like, hey, Carl, or, you know, whatever his name is. Hey, Steve. What do you, we got all these uh, Carl Stevenson, you know, it's, and it's the 1940s in New York. So everybody kind of talks like a gangster. See, he's like, I got this letter from Sandy Claus, right? What? How many letters from Santa Claus do we get? Sandy Claus. And the guy's like, I don't know. We get a bunch of letters from Sandy Claus. He's <laughs> like, what if we took all them Sandy Claus letters down to the court? What about that? And the other guy goes. Hmm. So they've heard about the court case. Oh, yeah. Already. It's, it's so, the talk of the town. Again, there's not a lot of legal proceedings happening at this point post-World okay. post War II. Everybody's talking about Santa in court. They take bags and bags, not unlike your fan mail that we're getting here for Reykjavik tonight, take it down to the courthouse. It is brought in and dumped onto the judge's uh, judge table. What's it called? <laughs> the stand, uh, His altar. His, yeah, the altar of, of law. The of <laughs> it is sacrificed to the god of law. Uh, that's what that on little, the altar of law. That's what that little hammer's for. Is that's how yeah, you, it's you, mini sacrifice. You being a lamb on the head, and that's that's it, right? Yeah, you put a nut in there, you crack it, and and the uh, and the god of law passes his uh, blessings. Yeah, right. So the the letters are on the altar, on the altar of the they're, law. They're being uh, presented to the law person, the judge, <laughs> the judge man. Yep, judge. Uh, what is his name? Sir Judge. Sir uh, Judge. Sir Judge Judgington. <laughs> he uh, he. They're like, Your Honor, what do, what do you think? Your Honor, what do you think? And he pushes the, all the letters aside and he emerges from this pile of Santa Claus letters and he goes, That's it. I'm decided. I think this man is Sandy Claus. Yeah. Like, end a movie. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. What was at stake here? Was he going to jail? Was there a. I mean, this is just a matter of calling so, him. So by that's a just name? the last scene. Like, he is Santa Claus. That's it. Wow. It's like that's a, a very strong was, end to the movie. It was uh, the New York City versus Kringle <laughs> decision of 1947. Uh, still holds a lot of weight uh, in this day and age. So, yeah, Miracle on 34th Street, remade in the. Mid nineties, ninety four, I think, with Sir Richard Attenborough playing. Is he the father of David Attenborough? He's his brother, I think. Oh, wow. I think they're brothers. David, David's the the animal one, right? He likes. Yeah. He's, got, he's got pets. He really likes animals, and like uh, one of my favorite things is to torture British people by talking shite about David Attenborough. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and calling him a <laughs> and stuff like that. No, no, no. <laughs> anybody it's galapagos he was tortoises. on the bbc in the <laughs> 70s <laughs> anyway uh torture british people it's fun i refuse to especially since okay so maybe you don't like david you love richard because you know what richard said he said something about dinosaurs welcome to jurassic park oh yeah 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 he ushered in a whole era of those shitty special effects <laughs> that you hate so much <laughs> Yeah. But have formed the backbone of my belief system. I remember the VHS uh, cassette for Jurassic Park 1. It was like a, a stone, well, plastic, but it looked like a, it looked like <laughs> it a stone thing. <laughs> okay. Like a monolith? Like a Kubrickian monolith? Yeah, kind of. Oh, okay. It had like a weird texture on it. Listen, we're going to 
Oh boy, that, that took a longer than I anticipated. <laughs> I still don't know what that movie's about. It's about the legal system and how it's changed. <laughs> and how it's failed. I think I think what the movie is about and what the intention was uh, by director Mc directorson uh-huh. was uh, that he wanted to he had a long-term plan in, in mind and he wanted to see the contrast in the in the legal system i guess and so. he just used christmas as a as a sort of voice to to demonstrate this he just got us to talk about the american judicial system for almost a half an hour so i think uh, and ra- he made you listen to it for a half hour so right. raging success I think uh, it's nice to see that Kringle v. People of New York City still looms large in the, the history of my country. <laughs> yeah. Soul Glow needs to put that on his playlist. Uh-huh. I grew up on songs like this. Uh-huh. Like, uh, every day will be like a holiday or uh, uh, all I want for Christmas is you. You did not grow up on a Mariah Carey song from 1994. Shut up, boy. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. That song came out in the 50s. He's right. Earl and I first made love to that song in 1971. Then, baby, remember? So did. Hey, you two are crazy. Mariah Carey wrote that song in 1994. Well, then you telling me that five octave superstar Mariah Carey is a time traveler because I heard that song when I was a child. Trust me. (laughs) If she was a time traveler, She'd go back in time and tighten up that prenup with Nick Cannon. Yeah. Listen, let me ask you something else. Yes. Uh, is there any Christ in your Christmas? Or is this a Santa-based thing? What's the situation? What's the layout of your... Which pantheon are we uh, paying tribute to, if any? Is, or is it just a matter of uh, keeping the shops in business, you know? So, a uh, matter of fact... Uh, like the the Christmas holiday is is based on like an old pagan thing. I'm assuming from the middle of the winter. But let's let's ignore that. We ignore the facts. If ignore the facts. Possible. Facts are not what the sauropod is about. No, 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 no. Oh, I mean, as in, we will not lie to you, but we will <laughs> might not. If we do, we'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. They're Impressed. Yeah. Like reluctantly. If 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 there's a court case. Uh, uh, we'll have Santa to, somehow defend us. I think we'll ask you to have faith in what we say. <laughs> yes. So is it? Do you, you? So you don't? Do you refer to Christmas at all? Is it called Christmas? Is no, it, uh, it's Yol, which Yol, is actually okay. the name of the old pagan thing. Okay, but uh, Christmas. You guys are so retro. We, we we refer to it as the birth of the of the Christ man of Chris. Chris's birth. Because you guys are kind of you guys got into Chris at a certain point. Yeah, we you got went, into classic we, traditional uh, Catholic Chris, and then you went. And we gave up on that completely. New wave reformed Chris. We we like our Chris to be forgetful, forgetful and forgiving. You guys register as Chris lovers too over here. Yeah, I saw yeah. that sixty five percent of you are registered as official, uh, you know, pro Chris, Chris uh, fan club. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> that is actually the case. We have a a state run Chris club, and uh, <laughs> and there's sixty five percent of us in attendance. Wow. It's amazing. It's uh, you guys are myself. Holy. I'm a suist. I'm a registered suist. A suist? Yeah, it's uh, I think an old Armenian uh, religion. Okay, but here in Iceland, we we use it uh, to get back the money the government. Uh, pays in our <laughs> wow this is complicated wait it pays in our name to the religious organization okay so i can get uh, back uh, like 20 smackles a year uh 
with, of which I have to pay some tax. It's a tithe return policy, kind yes. of? Oh, okay. So it's like a gift receipt for your tithing. Yes. And then you can they pass the savings on to you. Yeah, okay. it's okay. a very complicated system. So, okay, so Chris is around, but... So Chris is around, but he's not the main thing. There is, like, <laughs> at six, 6 o'clock, there's, like, a mass, sure, but, like, mm-hmm. if you're a regular family and, and not some sort of... Uh, well, family governed by old people. Uh-huh. Uh, you're not going to be caring about the Chris thing. But you're going to you're going to flip the mass on, right? Just to, is for appearance's sake, kind um, of. Um. Well, it's comforting. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, not not the love of uh, you know Chris's sacrifice or anything, but just uh, the sound of choir music. Yeah, choir music is soothing. That's true. Sure, yeah. and it's something you can eat your uh, your roast beast too, or yes. your what do, what do you do? You do hams. You do ham? We have hams and hams. we have roast lamb. I guess is the mine. Oh yeah, you thing. guys are such a, you're so pro yeah. lamb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, instead of uh, Chris, we have uh, Santa Clauses and like multiple Santa Clauses. We're we're not satisfied with just one. Why would you be satisfied with one Santa Claus? Listen, we've had. <laughs> Kringle v. New York has proven <laughs> that one is more than enough. It's occupied our entire legal system. But but continue. Yeah. <laughs> so the Santa Claus is like, uh, they they start showing up uh, around middle of December. It's like one comes every night and, and like they're, they're these prankster kind of guys. What they, do we call them? Uh, the Yule Lads. The Yule Lads, which sounds like a fun... Uh, like a like a Shriners circus, like they like they'd be running around on a unicycles and things like that. Yeah, right? either that or they're they're like uh, like an old timey heist movie. They might be uh, the heisters in the newspaper. They'll be like, "Yes, the you lads have struck again." Okay, so we've got something similar to that in the states. They're called the Bowery Boys. Oh, check them out. Again, watching dead people. They're all dead. Yeah, Leo Gorsi, rest, rest in, peace. in peace. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Ah, the Yule Lads, they start showing up uh, around middle of December, 13 days before Christmas Eve, uh-huh. and and they show up like one every night, and and they they give presents to the children every every night, like a small present. Well, depending on how rich the children's family is. There's like a correlation there, because they don't want to... They don't want to upset the balance. They wouldn't want to give uh, like a really expensive present to the to the Poor poorer kids. children, because that wouldn't be like it wouldn't make sense. It's like if you go on unemployment benefits, they uh, they take your previous salaries and sort of give you unemployment benefits in relation to your previous right, salary. Right so it's up. the same same thing. Okay. Keep the poor poor. Keep the rich rich. Hey, that's the uh, that's the that's the American way. Actually, that's maybe we can get on board with this. Ooh, do we have like a, a push button for uh, similar cultures? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> whoop whoop. <laughs> anyway, they start showing up in the night, which is pretty creepy. Uh, and they, the children will put their shoe in the window, and 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 they will put like a small present or a large present or an iPad. No, this is a okay. iPads in the shoes. That's a there's a whole world of trouble. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even delve into. But is this are these presents? Let me ask you something. Is this bait? This is bait. Okay. Because is this is this grooming? Is this, this is uh, <laughs> this is done with the intention of keeping the children slightly less mad for the whole of December, because they go like uh, the the Santas. They won't give you a present. Well, they will give you a present even if you're bad. Like if you're on the naughty list, you'll get a potato. And okay. And I got once a potato, and the shame. 
A shame. You got potato one time? Yeah, I got potato. Oh, shit. What did you do? Who did you Who did you shank? I, did, I didn't want to go to bed. <laughs> okay. So, so my that's mo- just... Is that- and there's like a conspiracy. My mother had like direct communication lines with uh, the Stuver. And, and Stuver was my favorite. And he gave me a potato. Oh, he's one of the, the Yule lads. Yeah, they all have different names and different characteristics. Okay, so like, what are they? Do you have like uh, somebody have like a funny hat? Somebody's got yeah. One of them has like a stiff knee. Maybe Stackcaster. He's the first one, and he sort of like hobbles around. I don't know if he has like if he does a thing. So he's not exactly Spider Man. He's a no. Which is, I mean, he he harasses the sheep and and. and has a stiff leg, but that's his sort of only identifying mark. Okay. But somehow... So, at some point, these just used to be bad bad guys. Like, they used to be just ter- there to terrify the children <laughs> okay. into submission. But, okay. But somewhere along the way, they got... Uh, they got sort of sanitized, I guess. Made, made lovable. Yeah, made okay. lovable. There was... Um, and then there's like uh, Stubby. He's the small one. Stuwood. <laughs> he's my favorite. He steals like if you if you made dinner the night before. Yeah. He'll steal your pan because you obviously haven't washed it. You filthy pig. And <laughs> potatoes uh, all around. Yeah, yeah. And he sort of that that nice. If you've had like a cheese based thing in your pan. Mm-hmm. And there's like this crust on the outside of the pan. Uh-huh. I'll scrape that off and eat it. Listen, man. That's the stuff you want to eat in the night yourself. It's true. It is delicious. And I don't want to fetish shame or anything like that, but that's fucked up. That is fucked up. So so then we have uh, the spoon liquor guy. And, <laughs> and that's just his name. They have sli- like, I'm translating these names as I go along, mm-hmm. but they're Icelandic names are no better. Like spoon liquor is his name. Again, he- you're filthy. You're not washing. <laughs> you're not rinsing your spoon off. So yeah, he's, he's, he's really going- quite thin because like, like if you're having a filthy spoon, it's not going to be very nutritious, is it's it? It's not a full di- dish. No, no not no. at all. Then you have pot scraper. Same thing, but uh, pots. A so lot not of pans, but pots. A lot of Eldhus-based... Uh, Shenanigans. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, what, what, what we're seeing here is like three of the 13 guys are quite malnourished. <laughs> <laughs> like one of them is tiny, so he steals like the cheesy crusts, and uh-huh. one of them is... Yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. It's really quite sad. And so then you have bowl liquor, and and that's mm. that's maybe one of the creepier guys. So, like, because you have like your you have your dish, uh, a deep dish that has a lid on it, and you keep that under your bed for like midnight snacks. Uh, everybody knows this. Uh, sure, uh, I keep uh, pudding. Pudding yes, line. pudding. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this guy hides under your bed, and it, it's very specifically stated that he hides under your bed, and then. Eats grooming. the, it's, eats it's the stuff under yeah. the bed. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, um, uh, because the other ones don't really hide under your bed. So, when you're having your parents look for monsters under the bed, there yeah. is a monster under it's your bed. It's just that one, though. Yeah. His name is Askasleikir. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, th- so, there are 13 of these. Yeah, we're up to number four, I think. Okay, please, uh, carry on, please. But uh, yeah, there's 13 of these. And what the so, whole roster? Give so it to the me. next one is is Door Slammer, and he basically is just an asshole. He just wakes you up in the night. He's just a crank. He's yeah, just a, yeah. okay. And then there's Skier Gobbler, and he likes uh, <laughs> the Icelandic Skier, which Brought is you like by the a, Skier Council. Yeah, it's like uh, I don't know a cheese-related yogurt. Mm-hmm, Somewhere mm-hmm. between a cheese and a yogurt. It's very fashionable. And then there's Sausage Swiper. He, oh no. Uh, he really likes sausages. Who doesn't? 
I mean, I understand him. But, like, these guys are less mal- uh, malnourished because they're actually getting proper food. Like, sausages are proper food. Yeah, full dishes. And then you have my favorite. Okay. This one is my favorite because he is the most creepy. He is just called Klukkagair, which translates directly to window peeper. Just... <laughs> <laughs> So he is. Uh, it's not peeping. a metaphor or anything nope. like that. He's, he's just, just that's that's what he does. Okay, he has an abnormally uh, large eyes and and just <laughs> likes looking at you while you sleep so through he, the window. So he's actually adapted to a low light situation. So yeah. his eyes are are larger and can take in more of that, you know, whatever light, whatever ambience is around, and can yep. really, really, you know, home in on you while you sleep. Yep. And he sees he you when you're sleeping. He does indeed. He knows when you're awake. And then he, but he likes away. it better when you're sleeping. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and we're towards the end here. Like uh, this one is my favorite. Kluka guy. He just he is he's such a creepy guy. Who doesn't love that guy? Uh, yeah, exactly. So we have like the three last ones. The Gauta He's the doorway sniffer. So he has like a big nose, so he can sniff you. He's not the panty sniffer, but he, <laughs> he he definitely would know if your panties are in, in any fashion soiled. Only if you've rubbed them up against the door jam, though? Why mm-hmm. is he door sniff? Oh, he's... So he's actually pressed up against the door mm-hmm. going through wood. Yeah. And taking in the various... Okay. Odors of your yep. bedroom. Okay. And we know that uh, bedroom odors can be a bit problematic, yep. but he... he yep. He chucks them out anyway. Oh, and then you have, like, uh, Meat Hook. He just steals meat. <laughs> pretty pretty standard issue. Uh, this is the guy that shows up on uh, on the eve of Christmas Eve. And uh, and he he's not related to the skate at all. I don't know why. He, and he, then finally, it's, uh, it's Kertasnikir, Candle Stealer. <laughs> oh no! So he follows follows the children and steals their candles. And that used to be like the thing: you'd get like a deck of playing cards for Christmas and some uh-huh. candles, and then the Santa would just steal them. Again, it's fucking dark here, so that really means something. It's not a matter of like, well, you know, it's nighttime and we go to bed anyway. It's like this is all day, every day. I need a candle. I can't live my life without a candle. But it's a life so, ruiner. Yeah. So Home these are record. these are all the all the Yule lads, and this is just the beginning of the Christmas horror <laughs> <laughs> because uh, like these are just mischievous boys okay. they have a mother and she's horrible her name is Grilla Grilla and she just loves eating naughty children like that's her main diet she she's, eats them she's got uh, devil horns does she not she does indeed traditionally yes yeah, he's like a hideous lady that lives in a mountain and, and is a troll she's a troll she, okay so is officially a troll okay. yeah yeah uh, but also a crone does she overlap with cronism at no, all I think maybe a little bit okay I okay. think she might actually suffer from crone's disease oh no so uh, many of that us is do. a very very serious, uh, serious situation. That's we, a public service announcement. We really uh, shouldn't joke about that. No, we wouldn't. We Especially would never. with regards to Christmas coming no, up. No, not so. at all. No, season's greetings to all of you. I hope you survive. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, she she has a bag which she fills with children under certain circumstances. A brand new bag. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and there's the eating of children. But that's not all. Wait we have a, a cat. Wait, hold on. I, I've got to stop you there. So, <laughs> I, so is she... Is she, is she going around to gathering children? And which children does she gather? I, I think she gathers the naughty children, the children that just the weren't told with the potato. Okay. <laughs> so you're so bad 
Or, or do the do, is she eating the ones who get a potato like the the starches? You know, they're going to fatten them up a little I bit. Think maybe? maybe that's the case. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, clever! I really didn't see the conspiracy there, but that's true. Listen, they fatten me. up the children and then they eat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow! Mommy gets hungry, and when mommy gets hungry, watch out! You don't want to be living in that well, household. That's absolutely genius. Yeah, that's a genius plan. Um. Yeah. So, and then I mean, that's still not the end of the horrors. Well, so tell me about the kitty. You got a kitty? The kitty cat. Mm -hmm. There's a kitty cat. It's really quite horrible. (laughs) (laughs) If you... So, so because, like, the poor children, they they get, like, shitty presents along the way. Of course. Uh, And if they're really quite poor, they won't be able to afford any new clothes for Christmas. That's, like, really... uh, Usually it doesn't happen, but if you're quite poor, you you might want to go and reuse the same outfit for for another Christmas, just because you can still wear the same clothes. Uh, But if you do that, Mm -hmm. the cat will eat you. So there's a lot of children eating uh, with (laughs) regards to... So, Christmas here in Iceland. So is Yule Cat uh, an independent entity, or does Yule Cat live with Grilla? I think she, uh, the cat lives with Grilla. Their buddy, but they kind of split it up, yeah, they divvy up, they, like, you take I mean, the cat just has pick. a strange sort of fetish for for old clothes. Okay. I guess it's maybe like a Scata-related thing, because the clothes it would, would be it a would bit smell. smelly. It would yeah. smell of old Scata. So, that is most of the horribleness of, of Christmas. There's, there's one more piece missing to this puzzle here. Now, Grilla, she is a, a, a child snatching and devouring abomination, right? Yep. But that doesn't mean that she can't find love. No, that's true. So and she does, she who, does have a lover. Who does she get down husband? with? Le Paludi. Le Paludi. What's his deal? How many kids? Was he eating kids? Eating? I don't think he... I think he's just a kind of lazy guy. That oh, he's eating Fritos. Up. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's, he's just... <laughs> he's just happy as long as he gets some Fritos uh-huh. and, and gets to watch the telly. Uh-huh. And, and uh, possibly he gets leftover children. I don't, I'm not quite sure about that. Do you think that he, he looks forward to the holiday season the most because he gets the house to himself? I think so. Okay. I think it's like, oh, finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some peace. Sure. I can watch House of Cards. Right. Get caught up on this. <laughs> Kevin Spacey's where? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to say that name. No, we shouldn't. We, we should, should. You should bleep it. I'll bleep it. I'll bleep it in post, as they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow. Uh, it's a, it's a never-ending parade of nightmares that you, you guys are involved with here during yeah, December. Yeah. And then they kind of stick around for 13 days. Uh, but they, they don't do horribleness while they stick around somehow. Well, maybe the guy that's under the bed. He probably sticks around. Under yeah, the window bed. peeper. He's doing something. I mean, he's outside. He's bushes. looking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they're just hanging out? So they, they go around... Maybe give you a present. Maybe give you a potato. Yeah, definitely. So in the beginning, you. they they didn't they didn't really just give the presents. They were just horrible. Uh, <laughs> they were just abusing. <laughs> then somewhere along the way, as as Iceland got slightly more affluent, yeah. Thank you for the martial aid. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> they started giving presents somehow. Okay. So it's our favorite time of the show. It's the sleepiest segment of the program as we mm. come to a, the end of a long day of recording, yes. and I'm going to send you all off to dreamland. Since we are here in Iceland, again, a manuscript culture, very, very hot for your Eddas and whatnot, uh, I thought I would do a little uh, cross-culture exchange and share some of the stories 
that uh, I grew up with in the United States of America. We call these uh, Sagas of the States. Again, if that has not set the mood for you, I don't know what will. Many moons ago, it was an age of heroes in a time of conflict. And in that time of conflict, there were warriors, there were farmers, there were hunters, there were gatherers, and there were wizards. Yes, it was a glorious time of magics those many years ago. It was a time in which the general population knew of and accepted that some in this world were knowledgeable in these advanced arts. Most of the public consciousness accepted their explorations and findings without question, so long as their powers were used to produce hot-rotted Ford Tempos, Tempo Topazes, and Tauruses, or funnel 40 channels of basic cable television programming directly into their homes, or even imbue certain of their magical instruments from the faraway realm of Texas to both speak and spell. A lot of power being wielded at this time. Exactly. Uh, Yet it was a time of peace and prosperity across the land... And one such wizard, the infamous, if not unfamous, Zalin Sky, was unsatisfied. He had he devoted was unsatisfied by the po- uh, peace and prosperity. He was uh, unsatisfied with the yeah with the power that he was wielding. I mean, he he loved the peace and prosperity. I don't think mm. that was the issue so much as he wanted more. Don't uh, you always want more? And he was uh, he's kind of like the Whitney Houston. The peace. I guess uh, apparently, I mean, his lust for power presumably knew no bounds. Mm. I hope uh, he will have his comeuppance, or he will come out victorious. I hope so, too. Yeah. Uh, He had devoted his life to the pursuit of wisdom, yet his toils had gone unrewarded. Mm. Sure, he'd found enough success within his coven to afford a reasonable domicile in an average neighborhood hamlet, not to mention the attentions of a powerful woman who was, according to the parlance of the times, out of his league. This earthbound goddess was celebrated in name as Diane, and while many in the wizarding community mocked Zalin Sky for his far-fetched ideas of spellcasting and inventions for magical manipulations, she had seen the goodness within his heart and had acquiesced to the suggestion of creating two heirs. Mm. Hot, hot, red hot over here. Look out. And so it was that a daughter named Amy was welcomed into the world, a spitting image of the glorious Diane, and exceedingly popular amongst her peers. She was followed a few years later by a son, Nicholas, who was as equally reflective of Zalin's sky, by which I mean not very popular at all. Their upbringing was idyllic in the way that upbringings were in certain neighborhoods way back then, and all seemed right with the world. Yet the dark truth that was hidden away in the attic of the family's mind and house was that Zalin's sky was tampering with magics of the darkest and silliest kind. It's a silly magic. Well, let's see. Let's find out. After years of experimenting with the condensation of ether through a cone of power, he had come dreadfully close to succeeding in his desire to manipulate matter in outrageous, if not impractical, ways. You're a man of science, so you can appreciate his his, his quest, right? I, I appreciate any science or, or quest that is uh, in the impractical. Silly and impractical? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. That's, uh, that's what uh, science is mostly about. God, and see, this is what the culture exchange is all about, you know, is, is sharing this with you so you, you, know, you can relate to this maybe and where I come from. Yeah, exactly. He had only to recalibrate his incantations and the power of the philosopher's size would be his. Alas, his magical domain was not impenetrable, and his laboratory of black arts soon fell into the clumsy hands of the neighboring clan. 
Yes, this family next door was led by Russell, son of Tom, a vainglorious but well-meaning chieftain who plied his trade as a fisherman and was an avid lover of sport. These elements of his own character he tried to pass on to his eldest son, Russell, son of the son of Tom, but Russell the Younger had little interest in such doings, being preoccupied as he was with hanging out and figuring out what his quote-unquote thing was. His younger brother, Ronald, son of the son of Tom, tried his hardest to gain approval from his father by talking loudly and wearing fishermen's vests. Yet in this ancient time, he did not have the tribal rights of his elder brother, nor the favor of his father, and so exiled himself into his backyard, where he made one final plea for patriarchal attention. So, I mean, the conflict of, of the family sort, you know what I mean? It's timeless. It's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We have it. We have it in this day and age. We have it in all ages. We see this. I feel like the father was perhaps uh, not sort of uh, open enough to the to the engagement of the of the younger son there. Yeah, you think so? You think he might be able to, uh, you know, being such a uh, complicated human being, be able to apply some of that attention maybe to the younger son, his younger heir. Should exactly. the elder heir uh, be killed in battle or something like that? Or, yes. You know, and I, I fear that battle may ensue. You think so? Yes. God, he might not be too far off. Let's find out. Here he engaged in one of his father's beloved sports, and in doing so, sent a baseball smashing through the window of Zalin Sky's attic workspace. Through a series of serendipitous bounces, it triggered the activation and recalibration of the cone of power that the wizard had been longing for. Mm. Oh, and so it was that the sons of the son of Tom and the two heirs of the mighty Zalin Sky found themselves in his chamber of secrets in an attempt to fix said window and unwittingly in the path of the ether beam that had been so meticulously constructed by the sorcerer. I mean, that's a recipe for disaster, if I've ever it heard It is one. indeed. I, I really hope that the children will not be harmed here. But be safe, you kids. They, sh- they, should, they should run away, especially okay. if, the, if the cone of power is, is whirring or, or something well, like look, that. Well, look, I mean, safety first, right? So no running in the halls? Yeah, Just no, sort of walk definitely. swiftly if you yes. can. Okay. With a blast of enchantment, the quartet found themselves now in the throes of this spell-casting machine, by which I mean they had been transformed into mere one-inch versions of themselves. <sighs> Gasp. I know. Oh, the peril that now made up the existence of such tiny beings. While the world was harsh and cruel to all who dared trot upon it, it was now hundreds of times more so for these Lilliputian victims. Further disaster followed, as the enraged sweeping of broken window glass by the wizard sent these tiny creatures into the dustbin of society, from which they were cast off into the garbage pile of the very backyard they had once frolicked within. Mm. Yet few frolics could now be frolicked, for theirs was an existence of survival amongst the murky grasses of an unfettered lawn. Yes, you would have uh, hoped for a, for a nice lawn there, but... Uh, not to be. It's not, not to be. be. Zell and Sky, he's so preoccupied with his, with his magic. Yes, the wizardry is his main, main preoccupation, isn't it? Yeah, and his son, Nicholas, his heir, is like his father, sort of preoccupied with other things. Possibly he should have been in charge of, of uh, some sort of device to sort of make the grass be a bit oh, nicer. Oh, just shorten the grass. Oh, so you're, you're suggesting another possibly magical mechanical device yeah. should come into play here. Interesting you should say so. Surviving only by sheer dumb luck, they encountered many insect friends and foes who would both guide and delay their travels back to the home of Zalin Sky. And it was with equal dumb luck that the wizard and his bride, Diane, should even realize the results of the ether-slinging power cone. 
They panicked, as negligent parents are wont to panic, and soon employed an elaborate hammock mechanism from which they could begin the search for their diminished heirs. Feeling the burden of communal guilt, they soon informed the equally panicked son of Tom clan next door that their own heirs had not simply rejected Russell the Elder's legacy by ditching the family fishing trip. It was just that they had also been compressed into a shortened size of comedic value that could best be described as family-friendly. And so, after a series of mishaps centered around sloppy Lego leavings, wayward lawn mowings, bumblebee bumblings, inexplicable scorpion attacks, family dog ridings, and near-miss Cheerio slurpings that the clans were reunited in their differing sizes. But the relief would have to wait until the wizard Zalan Sky worked his magic to reverse the doings of his bewitchment. Only then could they celebrate their near-misses with untimely death in what would turn out to be the second embiggening of their day. For the result of their misadventures in the backyard not only resulted in their growth in stature, but in their growth as people. And only once this transformation was acknowledged, and the blame for the calamity properly placed, could Zalan Sky finally turn to his wife with a reluctant admission that he supposed one really could say, Honey, I shrunk the kids. Yes. Yes. That is a beautiful tale. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, old, old folklore. It's folklore a tale of States. adventure and, and love. Absolutely. And passion, right? Passion, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it's, it's emotions that cascade across the ages. You know, it Indeed. transcends time, and that's why it lives on today. So I'm so pleased to have been able to share it with you. I thank you very much. It was, uh, it was a delight. God damn, you're so welcome. Well, this has been a very festive time we have had here talking about the terrors that you inflict upon the children and neighbors. Uh, uh, Islandi. Uh, thank you, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more like therapy for me. It's than an emotionally else. loaded season. I, yeah, I sense it is. An, an I mean, it's a season you want to escape as quickly as possible, and you want to make sure you're not trapped in any any situation that you uh, that you would be uncomfortable in so what you are saying suggesting is that we are escape routes just make sure they're available always have uh, uh, egress right uh, yeah. when you when you enter a space you want to be looking yeah. for the place where you can leave set space like like you you could literally just unplug the headphones from your phone now and we would stop being in your ears yeah hey wait did you do that can you hear me are you there Hello? I don't know if they did or not. No, Are they listening? I don't know. Listen. I, no, you literally listen. Are you still there? <laughs> Season's greetings from all of us here, which is both of us, at Reykjavik tonight. And we will see you uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed uh, in the new year, probably, I guess. I'm not sure what's going to happen. We'll, we'll have a new year celebration. Is there going to be a new year? That's a great question. One one never knows. I guess we'll find when out. When is the new year new? It's very abstract. When it goes from old man to baby metaphor? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, hey, by the way, I didn't get you anything. So... I got you a really nice thing. I know, and you're holding your, your empty shoe out at me, <laughs> which is alarming. I've thrown a potato at your head. Hey, buddy. Uh, have a happy holiday. I hope... Uh, you know, foot liquor visits you <laughs> at the appropriate time and gives you the, uh, you know, the whatever festive uh, sugared plums that you're <laughs> <laughs> to 
dance around your head, I guess. Yeah. If that's whatever you're into, whatever your kink is, <laughs> may, may it get you off this holiday season, oh, all right? Yeah. Bye. Bye, y'all.